الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الذي له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وله الحمد في الآخرة وهو الحكيم الخبير الحمد لله الذي بنعمته تتم الصالحات All praise belongs to Allah All thanks belongs to Allah All gratitude solely belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The Lord of everything that exists All praise belongs to He In whose hand is the dominion of the heavens and the earth The kingdom of the heavens and the earth All praise belongs to Him by whose favor, good deeds, righteous actions are completed and performed. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. I testify that there is no God that has the right to be worshipped other than Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is the slave of Allah and the final messenger of Allah sent to mankind in order to take mankind out of the darknesses into the light by the permission of Allah Jalla wa Az. Amma ba'd fa ya muslimun ittaqullaha tabaraka wa ta'ala O Muslims have taqwa of Allah have piety before Allah Fear your Lord the Most High. Glorify your Lord the Most High. Declare the greatness of your Lord the Most High. And thank your Lord the Most High. Pay gratitude to your Lord the Most High. He who has blessed you to have seen the month of Ramadan. Thank your Lord, the one that has blessed you to have concluded the month of Ramadan. Thank your Lord the Most High that blessed you to fast in the month of Ramadan. Thank your Lord the Most High that blessed you to stand in prayer at night in the month of Ramadan. Thank your Lord the Most High that blessed you to give in charity in the path of Allah in the month of Ramadan. Thank your Lord the Most High that blessed us with Islam. Thank your Lord the Most High that blessed us with Iman. Thank your Lord the Most High that blessed you with the Sunnah, that blessed you with the path of the pious predecessors of this Ummah. Ayyuhal Ibad, thank your Lord the Most High for indeed your Lord has been generous to you. And thank your Lord the Most High for having sent to you the best of humankind. The chief of humankind, the leader of the sons of Adam, the most humble of men to walk upon the face of this earth, Muhammad ibn Abdullah alayhi salatu wasalam. Thank Allah for having sent him to you as a prophet, as a messenger, a messenger of truth, a messenger of justice, and a messenger of mercy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has said in his book, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We have not sent you, O Muhammad, 
except as a mercy for all of the worlds. The messenger, the message of Islam and the messenger of Islam, they came with nothing other than mercy for the whole of humanity. Mercy that you, the human being, observe towards yourself. And mercy that you, the human being, observe to others from amongst creation. Mercy that you observe towards yourself, how? By fulfilling the purpose behind your existence. By fulfilling the right of your Lord. By submitting to Him, surrendering to Him, giving yourself up to Him. By singling Him out with worship. That is the greatest form of mercy that you can ever have upon your own self. How? Because the heart, worship towards the heart, is like food for the body. And thus when the heart does not have any worship inside of it, worship of its Lord, then the heart it becomes starved. The heart it becomes malnutritioned. The heart it needs worship of its Lord. In order to remain alive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has granted every single faculty of yours. Every single organ that you have. A state of kamal. A state of perfection. A state of completion. And whenever it is the case that that organ of yours. When it's kamal. When it's perfection decreases. Whenever its completion and perfection becomes null and void, then restlessness, discomfort, agitation, and at times pain overcomes that organ of yours. The eye, it has been created in order to see. Once the eye loses its ability to see, then it loses its kamal, it loses its perfection. The tongue has been made in order to speak. Once the tongue is unable to speak, the tongue loses its kamal. It loses its perfection. It loses its completion. The ear has been made in order to hear and listen. Once the ear becomes unable to hear and listen, then the ear, it loses its kamal. It loses its perfection. It loses its completion. And the king of all of the organs, the chief of all of the organs, the leader of the organs, the heart that has been created in order to recognize its maker, that has been created in order to submit to the maker by worshipping him alone. The heart has been created to be at bliss and delight and at peace with Allah by loving him, by hoping in him, by fearing him, by depending upon him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The heart has been created in order to love for the sake of Allah. Hate for the sake of Allah. The heart has been created so that Allah becomes the one that is most beloved in that person's heart above anyone and anything else. The heart has been created so that Allah, He becomes the one that is feared more than anyone else. The heart has been created so that Allah, He becomes the one that is yearned for more than anything else. The heart has been created so that Allah, He is the one that is the most important one in your heart above and beyond 
anyone and anything else. And when it is the case that these noble characteristics become lacking in the heart, deficient in the heart, then what happens? Anxiety, distress, sadness, grief, sorrow, depression, all of these things, they come attacking the heart. All of these things, they come assailing upon the heart from all directions, getting dominance over the heart, getting control over the heart. And there's no way for you to free your heart from this gloomy state other than fulfilling the right of your Lord, other than remembering and worshipping your Lord as he wants to be worshipped. Allah Jalla wa'ala has said in his book, أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبِ Indeed, by the remembrance of Allah, do the hearts find rest. And if it is the case, my brothers and sisters, may Allah bless you all. If it is the case that in these blessed days that have passed us by, Allah blessed you in these days that have gone by to feel, to sense, to taste the sweetness of remembering your Lord, worshipping your Lord, getting close to your Lord, then don't stop when Ramadan stops, but rather continue once Ramadan has stopped. The one that is the Lord of Ramadan, he's the very same Lord of all the other months. The Lord that you are worshipping in the month of Ramadan, he's the very same Lord that is available for you to worship and get close to outside of the months of Ramadan. The very same Lord in front of whom you were standing at night weeping in the month of Ramadan, He's the very same Lord for you to continue standing at night, weeping in front of Him in the months that come after Ramadan. Ramadan in reality, what is it? It's a madrasa. It's an institute, a school, a training ground. A training ground for what? A training ground for your soul. For your soul to be trained. For your soul to be disciplined. Disciplined and realizing that it can please Allah Jalla wa'ala, that you have the ability to please your Lord, that you have the ability to keep away from sin, that you have the ability to strive in order to attain gardens, the width of which is like the heavens and the earth. So if you realize that, then graduate from the madrasa of Ramadan. Graduate from the Ram madrasa, the school of Ramadan, successfully, if it is the case that after Ramadan, you go back to your old ways, the ways that you had before Ramadan, then you haven't properly graduated from Ramadan. Ayyuhal ibad, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in his book, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We have not sent you, O Muhammad, except as a mercy for all of the worlds. Mercy that you observe towards yourself. How? By fulfilling the right of your Lord. And likewise, mercy that you observe to others from creation. How? By fulfilling the rights of your creation. Fulfilling the rights of your parents. Allah wa ta'ala has said in his book, We have enjoined upon man that he is good towards his parents. Hamalathu ummuhu kurha. His mother carried him in pain. And she delivered him into the world 
in pain. Regardless of what you do, Ya Abdullah, for your father, you're never going to be able to repay him. Regardless of what you do for your mother, Ya Abdullah, never in your life will you be able to pay what he, not even one pang of hers when she brought you into this world. Therefore strive, strive to your utmost in pleasing your parents. Fulfill the rights of others. Inclusive of that, Ya Ayyuhar Rijal, O men, is the right of your wife. The right of the one that is a trust in your hand as the Messenger of Allah, alayhi salatu wasalam. He said in the farewell pilgrimage, when addressing his companions, he says, Ittaqullaha fin nisa. Fear Allah concerning the women. Why? Because those women, they are captives in your hands, i.e. they are at the mercy of your hands, O men. You took on board those women as an amanah from Allah, as a trust from Allah, as a responsibility granted from Allah on your head, i.e. Allah Jalla wa'ala. He's going to take you to account for this responsibility. Be good to her. You have a choice. Be good to her. Be kind to her. Treat her with justice. And then you're going to have an immense amount of reward after you die. Or if you want, don't be just towards her. Oppress her. Ask her to fulfill your rights. But then be negligent. Be lazy concerning fulfilling her rights. And then when you die... And then you are resurrected. Then remember the statement of Allah concerning such people. These type of people, do they not think? Do they not believe? Do they not realize that they shall be resurrected? For a great and mighty awful day. The day when mankind shall be standing in front of the Lord of everything that exists. Be good to your wives. Be just towards your wives because you shall be asked about it. And likewise, fulfill the rights of your children. For indeed your child, he is a responsibility of yours. And likewise, you'll be asked concerning your child. And the child, he will look at life through the lens of his father, through the lens of his mother, through the eyes of her parents. Whatever father does, it means it is good. Whatever father does not do, it means it is bad. So if the father, he is a liar, the child is going to be a liar. If the father is a crook, the child is going to be a crook. If the father is deceptive, your child is going to grow up to be deceptive. If the father, he fails to follow the sunnah of Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam, most likely the child, the child himself, he'll be far from the sunnah of Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam. If the father, if the mother, they fail in fulfilling the rights of the neighbors, whether Muslim or non-Muslim, you can be rest assured that most likely the child is going to follow suit. If it is the case that the father, the child sees that the father, he oppresses the non-Muslims. He is rude towards the non-Muslims. He is careless in his behavior and his dealings with the non-Muslims saying, my son, my daughter, don't worry, they are kuffar. Then the child, 
most likely he will become an oppressive individual towards the non-Muslims. And there is no barrier between the oppressed person and Allah, even if it is a disbeliever. Therefore, set a good example for your children. Ya ayatuhan nisa, O women of Islam, mothers in Islam, daughters in Islam, sisters in Islam, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has blessed you. He has blessed you with examples, with role models. And among those examples, among those role models, is a virtuous woman, a righteous woman, a pious woman, a Jewish woman, a woman from Bani Israel by the name of Maryam, Ummu Isa al-Masih alayhim as-salam. Maryam, the mother of Isa, Jesus al-Masih, the Christ. Allah Jalla wa Ala has said about her in his noble book, وَإِذْ قَالَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةِ And when the angels, they said, Ya Maryam, O Maryam, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَاكِ وَطَهَّرَكِ وَاصْطَفَاكِ عَلَى نِسَاءِ الْعَالَمِينَ O Maryam, indeed Allah has selected you, and Allah has purified you, He's cleansed you, and He's chosen you above all the other women of the world. Ya Maryam uqnuti li rabbiki. O Maryam become devout towards your Lord. Wasjudi warka'i ma'ar raki'een. And bow and prostrate. And prostrate and bow along with the others that bow. Sister in Islam, what other example do you want? What other role model do you want that is greater than women like this? Women that are pure. Women that are clean. And that purity and that clean cleanliness is not self-contained within the heart. But rather that purity manifests upon the tongue of the woman. Upon the limbs of the woman. The actions of the woman. And yes, even the dress code of the woman. Maryam, pure, clean. She wants to purify herself. She wants to be clean. She's shy. She's bashful. She has shame with her. As a result of that women like her, what do they do? They cover themselves. Not because, as some may claim, that she's following some medieval backward religion. No, but she's devout towards her Lord. And that is an expression of her devoutness. And part and parcel of being devout, my sisters, is taking care. Of that piece of flesh that is found within the chamber of the mouth. That piece of flesh known as the tongue. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning the tongue. Because this tongue, as much as it can bring about great amount of good, it can likewise bring about a colossal amount of damage and disaster and harm. Fear Allah jalla wa ala concerning your tongue, my sisters. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Concerning the usage of your tongue towards your husbands because the Messenger of Allah والسلام, he has informed us of the fact that the right of the husband it is great upon you. He said, If I was to order any human to prostrate to any other human, 
Then I would have ordered the woman to prostrate to her, to her husband due to the great right upon her. The great right that the husband has upon her. Fear that tongue of yours, my sister. May Allah bless you. May he guide me and you are right. Fear Allah Jalla wa'az concerning that tongue of yours can towards your fellow Muslim sisters. Haram upon you is the flesh of your Muslim sister. Haram upon you is to feast upon the flesh of your Muslim sister. To backbite your Muslim sister. To gossip concerning your Muslim sister. To tail carry concerning your Muslim sister. Haram upon you is to have evil thoughts. Evil suspicions. Evil thoughts and suspend, suspicions concerning your Muslim sister. For Allah Jalla wa'ala, He has said in His book, He has said, Ya ayyuhaladina amanu ijtanibu kathiran min al-dhan inna ba'd al-dhani ithm. O you who believe, refrain from much suspicion. Indeed, some of suspicion is evil. Even though some of suspicion is evil, our Maker, our Master, the Creator of our tongues, has told us, the creator of our hearts, of our minds, has told us to refrain from much suspicion. Ya ayatuhan nisa, O women of Islam, sisters in Islam, indeed your sha'an is something azim, your station is something great, your state is, is something mighty, your efforts, they do not go being unrecognized, for indeed, after Allah, after depending upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we depend upon you concerning the future of this Ummah and the future generations of this Ummah. There is a big responsibility in your hands. Why? Because you are the first madrasa of the children of Islam. You are the first school of the children of Islam. And the children that may become imams of the future or unrighteous evildoers disbelievers of the future from our offspring there is a great responsibility that you are carrying in relation to those future events you could be the cause and the you could be the cause and the means of bringing about imams leaders of the deen for the future generations to come of this ummah isn't it the case that the great imams of the past the scholars of the past isn't it the case that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them to have righteous women behind them, righteous mothers behind them. Imam Malik rahimahullah, who was behind him? A righteous woman, a righteous mother. Imam Shafi'i, who was behind him? A righteous mother. Imam Ahmad, who was behind him? A righteous mother. Amir al-Mu'mineen fil hadith, Imam al-Bukhari that we're all in debt towards. Who was behind him other than a righteous, pious woman? A righteous, pious mother. There's a great responsibility on your head, my sister. However, this great burden that is on your shoulder, it does not necessarily require for you to ensure that you provide your child with a high academic form of education. That isn't what is necessary in order for your child to become someone that is beneficial for this ummah. An imam for this ummah, a righteous person, no. These things are good, providing your child with a highly academic form of education. This is good. However, it's not necessary. It is not a condition. What is a condition then? When we look at some of the biographies of the ulama, what do we find? Some of them, they didn't begin to learn how to read and write at an early age. 
Some of them began to learn how to read and write at the age of eight, at the age of nine. So what is the... These people became imams of the religion. So what is the type of education that these imams received then in those early years of learning? What is the education that they received? When we read their biographies, they mention that they had a mother, a mother that raised within them, a mother that instilled within them what? Honesty, truthfulness, integrity, trustworthiness, loyalty, muraqaba of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowing the fact and being conscious of the fact that Allah is watching you, O oh my child. Allah sees what you are doing, O oh my daughter. That is the tarbiyah that is necessary for you to give to your child in order for this ummah to be rectified, in order for this ummah to be set aright. Ya ayyuhal muslimun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has said in his book concerning his Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ we have not sent you, O Muhammad, except as a mercy for all of the worlds. Mercy towards yourself by fulfilling the right of your Lord and thus you relish the sweetness of Iman. And mercy towards others by fulfilling their rights. And among others that you are to fulfill their rights and be just towards are the non-Muslims. The disbelievers of Islam that live around you, that live in your society, that you may have grown up with, your neighbors, your community, the people that you belong to, the country that you belong to. It is not the case that you only fulfill the rights of the Muslims and you neglect fulfilling the rights of the disbelievers. Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, in the hadith recorded by Imam Muslim from Abi Huraira, he was asked, Ya Rasulullah. Ud'u ala al-mushrikeen. O Messenger of Allah, invoke against the polytheists, i.e. pray against the polytheists, make dua against the polytheists, invoke curses, la'na, upon the polytheists. What does the Messenger of Allah, alayhi salatu wasalam, say? He says, Inni lam ub'ath la'anan. I have not been sent as a la'an. I have not been sent as a curser. Rather, I've only been sent as a mercy. I've only been sent as a rahmah, as a mercy to everyone, Muslim and non-Muslim. These type of statements, these type of ahadith, they are thorns in the throats of those evil, savage, barbaric terrorists, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Al-Muhajirun, and those that support them. And likewise, these ahadith, they are thorns in the throat of the haters of Islam. Those that are clutching at straws, trying to find something within our scriptures, something within our texts by which they can justify the false accusations that they make against Allah, the book of Allah, the messenger of Allah, that he was a savage, that he was a barbarian, that he was a merciless killer. If he was a merciless killer, then why is it the case when he arrived in Mecca, at the conquest of Mecca, after he had been persecuted by the Meccan people, followers of his killed by the Meccan people, relatives, relatives of his tortured, mutilated by the Meccan people, 
Now when the messenger of Allah comes with his army, arrives in Man- Mecca, conquering Mecca, he says, Man kana fi bayti Abu Su- Abi Sufyan amin. Whoever's going to be in the house of Abu Sufyan, he's going to be safe. Whoever's going to be in the vicinity of the sacred mosque, he's going to be safe. Whoever is going to be in his own house, that person, he's going to be safe. And later when all of them were assembled in front of him, he says to them, what do you think I'm going to do with you now? Oh, you people who persecuted me and my followers, killed my followers, mutilated my followers. What do you think I'm going to do with you now? So they said, Akhun Karim ibn Akhin Karim, you're a noble brother, son of a noble brother. The Messenger of Allah, والسلام, the Rahmah, the mercy to all of the worlds. He says, I'm gonna say to the I'm gonna say to you the same thing that Yusuf السلام, said to his brothers. La There's no blame upon you today. No blame upon you who killed us. No blame upon you who persecuted us. No blame upon you who tortured us. Go all of you. Because you're all free. That is the Messenger of Allah. That is Muhammad the Prophet of Islam. That is Muhammad the Prophet of mercy. As for those verses in the Quran that speak about killing, that speak about murder, that speak about killing, then those verses are verses that are related to the rules and regulations of warfare, of battlefield. That those verses that are related to the enemy combatants, those that are fighting you on the battlefield. Not innocent bystanders. The companion, and we'll conclude with this. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Al-As radiallahu ta'ala anhumah. He was a companion that knew how to speak Hebrew. He understood Hebrew. And thus he was asked, is there a mentioning of the Prophet in the Torah, in the Old Testament? He said, Ajal, yes indeed there is. Rather characteristics that are mentioned in the Quran can, likewise can be found in the Torah concerning the Prophet. And then he read from the Torah, Ya ayyuhan nabi, O Prophet, i.e. Prophet Muhammad, Inna arsalnaka shahidan wa mubashiran wa nadira. O Prophet, indeed we have sent you as a witness and as a giver of good news and as a warner. Wa hirzan lil ummiyin. And as a guardian for the illiterate ones, for the, for the Arabs, because they didn't know how to read and write. You are my slave and my messenger. In the Old Testament, in the Torah. I've named you, O Prophet, as Al-Mutawakkil. The one that depends upon Allah. The one that places his trust upon Allah. Now listen to this. This Prophet that is going to come to the Arabs... He is not going to be discourteous. He is not going to be stern and harsh and rough and tough. And he's not going to be a loud mouth in the marketplaces. If he's not going to be a loud mouth in the marketplaces, how on earth can he be one who murders people in the marketplaces? If Muhammad is not a man that is not a loud mouth in the marketplaces, how can he be one that enters into the marketplaces and stabs and kills innocent people? If Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, the messenger of mercy, is not a man 
that is a loud mouth in the marketplaces. How can anyone justify getting bombs, detonating those bombs, killing innocent children, innocent men, innocent women, having shrapnel pierced into the bodies of little girls, making them die slowly. That is not the message of Muhammad ibn Abdullah. Amr ibn Asi continues. His son continues. Muhammad, he shall not repay evil that is done to him with another evil. What shall he do then? But rather Muhammad, the messenger of mercy, the messenger of the Arabs, the messenger of the whole of the worlds. He will forgive those that do evil to him. He will pardon those that do evil to him. That is the message of Muhammad. A messenger of mercy. Mercy to the believers and even mercy to the unbelievers. So anybody, any of those shameful people, whether they are those Khariji people, those terrorists that kill innocent people in the name of Islam, saying that they are following Muhammad, you are far from Muhammad, you disgusting, evil people, dogs of the fire of hell. As the Messenger والسلام, said about them. And likewise, those of you that hate Islam, but you fail to find anything within the text of Islam, shame upon you. You try to justify that Muhammad is a savage barbarian, yet you can't find anything, anything that supports what you say. For indeed Allah, وعلا, He has said in His book, La yanhaakum Allah. عَنِ الَّذِينَ لَمْ يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ عَنْ دِينِكُمْ وَلَمْ يُخْرِجُوكُمْ عَنْ دِيَارِكُمْ أَنْ تَبَرُّوهُمْ وَتُقْسِطُوا إِلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْسِطِينَ Indeed Allah, He does not prohibit you. This is an ayah in the Qur'an, O oh, haters of Islam. Allah, He does not prohibit you concerning those people that have not fought against you for your deen and haven't driven you out of your homes that you should have bir towards them. Non-Muslims, disbelievers. But have bir towards them. Goodness towards them. Kindness towards them. وَتُقْسِتُوا إِلَيْهِمْ And that you are just towards them. Why? إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْسِتِينَ Indeed Allah, He loves those who are just. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes us of those people that are just. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he accepts the little that we have put forth in this month of Ramadan of worship, of praying, of fasting, of giving charity. Innahu Sami'ul Mujib. Wa sallallahu ma'ala nabiyyina Muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.